Hey, and welcome back to The Curveballer. Today, I'm going to be discussing a topic that I like to talk about a lot, and that's situational hitting and not striking out a lot, I guess, and the shift. It um, Next season is going to be banned, and I'm going to talk about that and why that should not be banned, and I guess Shohei Otani as well. So, two days ago, Shohei Otani had an 8-RBI night, and the next day, which would be yesterday, he struck out 13 batters pitching. Um, this is the first time we've seen something like this since Babe Ruth, and he's a great player. I'm not, I'm not going to diminish his talents, but I'm just going to say he is quite overrated by the media, and the media is not looking at other players who are doing just as great things. They just might not pitch, or they might not hit. He's good, but... I'd like to see him become a much more well-rounded hitter. Yeah, go into more detail about that. So, Pete Alonso, for just for a baseline median example, is going off a lot more this season. His batting average is the highest he's ever been. I think it's two eighty-three something, which is great for especially a power hitter. Like you, nowadays, you don't see power hitters hitting for that high an average. Joey Gallo. We're going to talk about him later. For example, I think he's batting like 205 something. And maybe last year, I think he hit below 200. So, as a power hitter in today's game, you don't usually see this high of batting averages. And also, he's just getting those hits. He's not just hitting for power. He has 60 something RBIs, and it's only, it's like in the middle of June right now. He's on pace to break a Mets record of. Runs batted in before the end of June, I think, was set by David Wright back when he played. I'm actually just reading a book about David Wright, the captain, which he wrote. So I guess it's not really about him. It's a memoir. It's really good. I recommend that you read that. So he's doing great, Pete Alonso. And I think if Shohei Otani started um, doing that, um, started getting base hits, hitting with runners in scoring position, not just Shohei Otani, but everyone in the MLB, then I think the game would be better for it. Um, I'll show you another, kind of on another spectrum, I think Shohei Otani and Joey Gallo would be on the far end of one spectrum, and then you have this player, Tim Anderson, who I really like to talk about on the other end, and then you have like people like Pete Alonso in the middle. So Tim Anderson is having a great season this year. I'll tell you stats. In 42 games, 173 at-bats, um, he's posted a 397 on-base percentage, which is the best of his career so far. Um, he's only had 20 strikeouts. To put this into perspective, in just seven more games in the shortened 2020 season, he struck out 30 more times. So Tim Anderson has adjusted. And... To be honest with you, he's not even walking that much with only seven free passes. But his strikeout percentage is 10.9. That's like the stats you see from pitcher. Like their strikeout percentage is 10.9. They're striking out opposing batters that much. But no, this is how much Tim Anderson has struck out all year. And his contact percentage, this is so good, 82.7. He's putting the ball in play and good things are happening. I like to talk about this a lot because... That's what I try to do when I'm hitting at the plate because I play softball. Um, and I like to see, like, I watch baseball every day. I like to see 
other players and I'll be doing this. And if other um, players start adjusting, again, I think the game would be better for it. More stats, this is all from Farron Graphs, a website I like to look at a lot. Shreytani's strikeout percentage is 24.5. And Tim Anderson's 10.9 strikeout percentage looks minuscule compared to that. Now, Shohei Otani's contact percentage is 62%. And then you have Tim Anderson's 82.7 contact percentage, which is 20 points higher than his. Mm-hmm. Shoetani's. So they're definitely at different ends of the spectrum. And then you have P. Alonzo, um, who I like to think of in the middle of the spectrum, who's 20% strikeout percentage. Um, also, just want to add this in. A 17.9 offensive war, according to Fangraphs, which is great. He's been really producing for the Mets and is a key part of why they're in first place in the NL East this season. And his contact percentage is 75.9, which is right in the middle there of Tim Anderson's and Shohei Otani's. Um, another like thing I'd like to talk about is the shift. Another reason hitters are posting such low batting averages, hitters like Joey Gallo. This is basically who I'm talking about right now. Because I think a few months ago he said something like, how can I hit doubles if there are five players in the outfield? Don't hit a double then. Get a single, get a bunt single, bunt up the third baseline if no one's playing there. If only more hitters would just adjust. Adjust when they're in that box. When they see where the other fielders are playing, then they would get more hits. And the fielders would adjust, and they wouldn't shift anymore. It's simple. I don't understand why um, the players are still just rolling over into the shift. They might hit the, hit the ball hard, but the fielders are right there, and they're frustrated about it. Just adjust. Let that ball travel farther into the zone and slap it the other way for a base hit. Someone that has been doing this really well is... Met center fielder Brandon Nimmo. I see him all the time shooting those line drives down the third baseline for doubles and driving down the drives. He's a perfect leadoff hitter because he's able to get hits everywhere and he also has like 30 walks. Mm. He and Tim Anderson are different leadoff hitters. Tim Anderson, again, seven walks. But that 82% contact percentage, him and Brandon Nimmo have been doing great. And that's why I'd like um players to adjust um adjust more um baseball and softball are games of adjustments and they're also games of failure and some players are failing now more than ever ever and i feel like they should just adjust you know what i mean so i think a few episodes ago i started i introduced the lucas julio update segment honestly i don't think i can do this anymore because Right now, he has a 5.4 ERA and a 7.36 ERA in his last seven starts. And to be honest, looking at these stats makes me want to cry. I'm just going to say it. Um, And when I went on to the MLB app, the first article I saw was, Is Giolito still struggling to figure it out? What? No. Figure it out, Lucas Giolito. Um, the stats for him this season are, again, 12 games started, 4, four win loss, 5.4 ERA, 63 innings pitched, 
for 63 and a third. 76 strikeouts and a 1.56 whip. He's league average. This is disgusting. It's reminding me of that one season in 2018 when he had a 6.13 array. Have any of you seen that commercial where it's like, in 2018, Lucas Giolito was the worst pitcher in baseball. And then there's like a montage of Lucas Giolito. This is what it is. This is horrifying. Um, um, yesterday, um, he started in Toronto, and he went five innings pitched, 11 hits, seven earned runs, one walk, three strikeouts. No. Be better. He's gone five innings pitched in the last three of his starts, but he hasn't given up less than four runs in each of them. What? Let me look at his game logs. In April, he had a 2.57 in array in three games started. With only four earned runs in these three games. And now, he has 21 earned runs in four starts. In June, there are 21 innings pitched. Seven home runs. He has not given up um, less than one home run in each of his starts in June. What? <sighs> this is not okay, and I'm not going to stand for it. I will personally go over to his training facility to the White Sox stadium and help him. This needs to stop. He needs to be better. Because the White Sox are barely around 500 right now. They need him to be better. Let's look at his May stats. He gave up 13 earned runs in May. He hasn't had a shutout start since April. Like, the first start of the season against the Tigers, of course. Wasn't even against a good team when he went four innings with one hit. And six strikeouts. And then he struck out nine his next start with one run. And then seven. Then ten on May 4th. Probably channeling that Star Wars magic there because then after that, he was mediocre. Honestly, I will literally help him. I don't think I can keep having this Lucas Giolito segment if he keeps being bad because it'll just make me upset. Um, I do like looking at stats and um, another thing that I'm kind of upset about is fan voting for the All-Star game. Fernando Tatis Jr., who has been out this whole year because he broke a bone in a motorcycle accident or two quit going on motorcycles not okay <laughs> if you're gonna get into multiple motorcycle accidents i don't think you should be going on a motorcycle but he has one sixty-two thousand all-star game votes and he hasn't even played a single game this season what um adam duvall who has a 77 weighted runs created plus the league average is 100, just for, like, a baseline. Has more All-Star Game votes than Brandon Nimmo. This year, I only put Brandon Nimmo stats because I have them. <laughs> Brandon Nimmo. Brandon Nimmo is batting 268 this year. With 22 runs batted, a 770 OPS through 235 at-bats. He's great. I love Brandon Nimmo. Now, Adam Duvall, 
Let's switch to the Braves. What's he batting? He's batting 204 with eight home runs, 27 runs by the day, and a 630 OPS. Why does he have more all-star game votes than Brandon Nimmo? Another Brave, because I don't like the Braves, for example, is Ozzy Albies. Ozzy Albies has been a league average second baseman for about his whole career now. His best season was, speaking like just in batting average, was 2019 where he bat, batted 295. And again, <clears throat> everyone batted that high in 2019 because the balls were juiced. And simply, he hasn't been good since then. He's just, on this season, he's batting 244 with a 289 on base percentage. Brandon Nimmo, again, because I love Brandon Nimmo, has, I think, a 380 on base percentage. I was talking about on base percentage earlier with, like, Shohei Otani and all that. Tim Anderson's 397 on base percentage. You compare that to Ozzy Albies, 289? Absolutely not. And when I see things like, Ozzy Albies just hit a monster home run. What a great slugger. He's slugging 405 this season. He hasn't slugged above 500 since 2019 again, where he slugged 500. He hasn't had an OPS over 800 since 2019, where his OPS was 852. To be honest with you, I'm not going to stand for this oh, Ozzy Albies is so good, discussion when he's honestly not. Yes, his bat pip is 266, which, again, three, the 300 line is, like, the baseline for this. Like, if you're below 300, getting unlucky. But I don't think his, like, 400 slugging percentage is luck. So I'll pull up fan graphs again. Let's look at Ozzy Albies. Fan graphs. Again, oh, that's Albert Pujols. Ozzy Albies is a great example of why fan voting shouldn't be a thing. The fans, honestly, don't really know what they're talking about with this. You, can, you can't use that as, like, a baseline. You're saying, oh, he made the All-Star game. Yeah, the fans are voting. Most of these fans are just casual fans of the teams who just put in every single player on that team. I know the Braves have a lot of players um, in the All-Star Game. Maybe the Braves just have a lot of fans. Maybe there's just this discussion about Ozzy Albies that he's so good. Anyway, his weighted runs created plus this season has been 90. Again, as I said before, the baseline is 100. He has a 1.1 war and eight home runs. He's not a slugger. To be honest with you, I think because he's so, so much better from the right side than he is from the left. He's a switch hitter. I think if he just quit switch hitting and batted from his natural side, he'd be a much better player. But that's just me. He has a walk percentage of 5.7, which has consistently been getting lower each season. And a isolated slugging percentage of 161, which... Last year, in 2021, it was 229. Now it's 161. 
what's hap what what's happened, Ozzy Albies? Mm. Again, if you look at his weighted runs created plus, the total for all of his MLB seasons is 106. The best was in 2018 when he was 116. He's a league average player. I honestly don't understand this discussion around Ozzy Albies as if he's so good. Another, you know, when I said earlier when Pete Alonso had a 17.9 offensive war in fan graphs, Ozzy Albies, negative two. This is honestly very funny because he's, I think, either first or second in fan running for National League second basements. Jeff McNeil's third. Let me, let me pull up Jeff McNeil's stats. He has been having a great resurgence season for the Mets. And they are division rivals, so I feel like this can be like compared. He's batting this year. He's batting, I think. I don't want to become a fan crush member, sorry. <laughs> He's batting 327 after batting 251 last year with an 11.6 strikeout percentage, which is literally basically what Tim Anderson had. And when I was talking about that, I'm like, that's amazing. And even with four home runs, his isolated slugging percentage is better than Ozzy Albies. His on-base percentage is 386. Again, Ozzy Albies was 289. His slugging percentage is better than Ozzy Albies. And his weighted runs cleared plus is better than Ozzy Albies's for his whole career. Even last year, when he had such a bad season, his weighted runs created plus was better than Ozzy Albies's now. So, I feel like I'm just going to end with that today, with all my Ozzy Albies slander, and be sure to check out the rest of my episodes, because I'm definitely going to talk about this more in future episodes. Anyway, bye!